Hello, everybody. This is Joseph Hasek, and welcome to the Fired Up Network. Welcome to your MLS season preview here with the coach, Carmen Asako, who's fired up of a new MLS season. And I'm fired up. You know why, John? John Freeman Nelson, the Hall of Famer of OSG Sports. He has not received a call from any MLS team. Any MLS team throughout the season did not call him. There were coaching changes. Why isn't anybody in Major League Soccer, the EPL, La Liga, Bundesliga, Syria, uh, anybody calling this man up? If you want, look, look, don't do this to me already. You gave me $20 to say this already. You gave me $20 to say this. All right, Carm. Now, let's start off talking about, well, We'll start off with the Toronto FC. Sorry, John. Right? <laughs> What's he laughing for? We'll start off with Toronto FC. Is it going to be a laughable season, Carm? No, I don't think it's going to be a laughable season. I mean, I think that, you know, it, it's interesting to see that they're making these late moves because I, I know that, that, that Herdman's stickler for detail and, and organization, but the long, the long gentleman coming from West Brom uh, is uh, – is is I, I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier. Um, I know they're talking another about another South African defender, uh, but uh, and and they're they're trying to patch things together last moment, which isn't isn't like him. I thought these deals would be done quicker, um, but I, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. There's a, apparently there's a lot of injuries in camp. One that we're not probably surprised about is Insigne. I'm, I'm hearing DeAndre Kerr is, is, is not 100%, and they were looking at him to be kind of that connector uh, up top. Um, so the striker issue hasn't really been resolved. So there's, there's, it's going to probably be a more disciplined group. It just needs to be a connected group, connected group on the field and off the field. Um, and, and, and I'm not so sure that the, the, the Brindaneskis and the Insignias are, uh, are bought into that. And, uh, you know, they did bring in the, the Honduran uh, to bring some depth into the midfield. Have they addressed all the issues? Maybe, uh, you know, uh, Ruddy, Marshall Ruddy has a, has a breakout season. Um, you know, Kosi Thompson uh, and, and, and uh, you know, the young groups have to do very well for them. And, it's, you know, it's not an easy start to the season in Cincinnati after a Cincinnati could and took Atlanta's best player. <laughs> All right, so hold on here before we go to John. You mentioned that they're about to sign or very close to signing another South African or whatever. Defender I, is what I'm hearing, yeah. Another. Wait, hold on. I don't care what you're hearing. We break the story here on MLS Kicking It, on Fired Up, and, and, and the soccer show. Everybody, everybody uh, watches this show, including some people at sports that if you know who I'm saying, the karma, right? Do you want to mention who you're hearing? No, because nothing's solid. It's 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 actually been out on social media that they're looking at him. Okay. Um, so, and they brought in the 19-year-old uh, central defender, Brazilian, which I think that they're going to use right from the beginning. To be honest with you, yeah, they are. Uh, that's what I heard also. But um, uh, so it'll be long, and this 19-year-old defender who I believe was involved in preseason, so that makes a little more sense. Long just getting there recently. Played played yeah, I think yeah. two weeks ago for West Brom. So uh, interesting. So that's uh, that's that's uh, what's uh, what we're seeing right now. And I think that uh, 
I think that there, 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 there will be built stability in that situation, but they need results right away. They need, they need Osario, Captain Osario, to be at his best right away. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what dynamics he uses. I think it's going to be a three-back system, a three, a three, uh, a, a three-box three-type system there, um, and uh, with. Uh, who knows who's going to be their two wide players in that system and who knows who's going to be their target. You know, Bernadeschi is going to be somewhere involved in that system or it's going to be maybe a 3-4-2-1 with Bernadeschi and Insigne behind the, tar and behind the target. Um, that kind of solidifies their role defensively with maybe Ruddy on one side and um, uh, I don't know who's going to be on that left side. But they, they still have moves to make. Um, their three-back system is going to be interesting to see who he chooses, but I know he's very, very uh, comfortable with that system, very comfortable uh, drop uh, pressing in that system, um, and I think that, that that'll be the, the, the kind of uh, the new platform that uh, Toronto FC will be, but they do have some injuries. I heard they went really hard in preseason, not necessarily something that Bernadeschi and Insigne are, are, are used to, um, but, but we'll see. I know there's going to be a culture shift and if things start off well, that'll gain momentum, but momentum is going to be that important word. They can't, really, they can't really struggle through the first five games. So before we get to, to John here, is there added pressure on TFC this year and next year because the World Cups and, you know, some matches are in Baymill Field? I don't think it's added pressure. I think there's, there's added pressure on on the group as a whole. I think that uh, uh, bringing in Herdman, uh, um, I, think that, I, I, I think that he's gonna be given some time to fix this. I think there's a lot of uh, pressure on, on Bill. Um, Bill and that part of the, that, and Jason Hernandez and, and that group there, um, because I think that, uh, you know, uh, the first people that are gonna be, uh, kind of blame for the lack of success. If there's lack of success, it's going to be the, the front office rather than John. So John's going to have his time to uh, fix this. And, and to be honest, um, you, you know, if he fixes it, if he gets a chance to fix it or if he fixes it, I think the TFC will have a kind of a whole new uh, face and a whole new uh, outlook and perspective on, on the game and how it's going to be built for not only this year, but for four, five, six years down the road. So this is a telling year, a telling year for, for definitely the front office, definitely board decisions. But I think that John Herdman is going to have time. And if, if he does well and lasts through the, the storms that are going to happen, inevitably going to happen this year, I think that he'll be the new face. And I think he'll be at Toronto FC for a long time. All right. The bill you mentioned is Bill Manning, of course. And uh, Toronto FC starts Sunday, 2.30 in Cincinnati. What's the score? That's that's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I interesting, interesting, interesting. They're they're going to have to hold on for a long time. Uh, I, let's Acosta Acosta, you know, is obviously going to pull the strings in that group, um, and they're going to be at home, and they're going they're going to have that chip on the shoulder because they 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 kind of feel that business is unfinished. Um, Let's let's say let's say a two nothing win for Cincinnati. Again, see, I caught him, John. Two nil. Two nil. Two nil. 
But I think that John's going to know how to make things difficult. I think that he's going to be very prepared on the road, and I won't be surprised if they pull out a tie in this game. All right, sit back, take Gatorade. We're going to go to John Nelson now. John, first of all, I'll touch on TFC also with you. Uh, what do you expect from TFC? And give me a score with uh, Cincinnati. They don't start off small. Cincinnati last year was one of the best teams. They In Cincinnati, it's very hard to win. Uh, what do you think? Uh I think it's going to be 2-0. I, I still think it's going to take a long time for uh, Toronto to figure out how to get things done the John Herdman way. Uh, I think that when you have Insigne and Bernadeschi who are not interested in being there, that doesn't bode well for you offensive. It doesn't bode well for you, period. I don't think it bodes well for you offensively. I still think it's going to take a while for this offense in whatever form it's going to be under John Herdman to take whatever shape it's going to be in. You're going into Cincinnati, tough place to play, tough defensively. All those kinds of things. It's going to be a it's going to be a tall order for TFC going into Cincinnati this weekend. All right. So and and you mentioned one thing. I want to touch both you guys here. You say they're not interested. So what do you think is the best case scenario? What they do? Uh, I, I don't see them trading within MLS. What What do you think they do? Go home. Go home. But get nothing for them. No, I mean something happens in the in the in the uh, the summer window. And there had been discussions about, uh, I want to say it was uh, with Bernadeschi, about heading back to Syria in the January window, but it never happened. So I think that what you've got to do is you've got to cut your losses here and make sure that you can get something in return, send them back home, send them to Syria where they're comfortable, and they'll be more than happy to uh, vape and produce and do whatever they want to do on a daily basis. All right, Karma, same question. What do you think? I mean, I'll be very surprised if his thing is starts. There's, there's lots of rumors that he's injured. Um, I'll be surprised if he starts in Cincinnati. But I think Bernadeschi, saying how he, whatever he did off the field, uh, whatever he said in the press, whatever he did to kind of uh, dismantle any any opportunities for for Bradley to, uh, to be successful, uh, he's still he's still a good player. He still can produce goals in this league. He still can do those things well. Um, but but yeah, it's it's there's just so much toxicity and when they're involved in this, um, there's so much negativity and uh, things that that kind of uh, kind of don't don't smell right. So that's that's the problem for with these two and and and. I know Herdman's done everything he can to kind of find a way to to get them involved, but uh, there's still rumors out there that they still leave practice early. They still walk away from games. They still kind of uh, talk about nagging things and injuries. So I'm not so sure it's done yet, but we will see. We will see. We will see. There's a lot. You know, Herdman keeps everything close to, to the camp. He keeps everything really, really, you know, top secret. Um, he, he really keeps things in-house. So, you know, a lot doesn't get leaked to the media. And, and um, you know, what we may, may be seeing for outside is probably 1,000% different inside. So they're, 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 they might be invested. They might turn around and have a great season, um, which is which is a strong possibility. And, and uh you know that's 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 uh, that that's something that John Herdman's been in, famous for. All right, John, I get back to you. You're to talk about your team. 
Atlanta United. Not an easy way to start for them. Also, Saturday in Columbus, 2 p.m. Uh, what do you think of your team there? I think it's probably going to end up being a draw, uh, probably a very exciting draw. And the changes that were made in the offseason by uh, Carlos Bocanegra in the front office addressed some of the issues that folks looked at last season. You bring in uh, Bartos Sleesh from Lazio Warsaw, and he's going to be uh, your six. He's going to be your more holding midfielder to help out the back line. You bring in Steon Gregerson from Ligue 2. You invested $6 million to bring both of them in to address needs. Um, now, I know that Carm is, is giving me the business about losing our best player. <laughs> Frankly, the best player that Atlanta United has is Tiago Almada. And it will be not happy at he's where he's at, and there's all kinds of rumors that he's stop. Stop. All right. Tiago, yeah, look. If Atlanta United didn't shop him, then that would be reason to be for Tiago to be angry. He said in an interview with Olay that he wanted to go and play for Atletico Madrid. There was look, there were conversations had. And certain things had to go a certain way for the cap for Atletico Madrid to be able to bring Tiago Almada in. It would be foolish for Atlanta United not to shop Tiago Almada and agree with his wishes to go play in Europe. It didn't work out in this window. And that doesn't mean that everything's done. They're going to hang on to him. They're going to hoard him for the rest of time. And it's going to be like the cartoon with the big sheepdog. And the, the small dog, uh, this is my pet. This is George. I'm going to love him and hug him and pet him. And you, and you, and you, cho- you know, and you hug the daylights out of him and his mind. No, they're, he is being placed into the market. They know he wants to move on. That's been the goal all along. It didn't work out to go to his number one location in this window. As he continues to grow as a player for the Argentine national team, his stock will continue to grow. Look for something to happen in the summer window where Tiago Almada is concerned. Tiago is uh, right now, don't know how many minutes he's going to give you in Columbus after making uh, helping Argentina qualify for the Olympics. Might come in at 30. And so that's why I think that Atlanta United may not necessarily be getting uh, a whole lot of offense out of the blocks, but I would look at the second half and see what Tiago can give you there. I think that when you have a front line that is uh, – with each other for a full training camp. Coach, you know what the importance of that is. When you bring in players from different windows and now they're all there, you've got Shande Silva, Yorgos Yakamakis, Saba Lobjanidza. You bring in Steon Gregerson at the back to help you out at center back. So this is a this is a deep roster, and you're going to need it for all these competitions that you're in. You've got competition in net with Josh Cohen and with Brad Gazan, so we'll see what happens there. There's a lot of interesting dynamics in play, but you've got that with a deep roster. But the Tiago Almada element, right now, everyone's focused on looking into the season, doing as best they can, because Tiago, if Tiago's, if, if Tiago were unhappy, let's let's go ahead and put that out there. He's not, but if he was, it wouldn't do him any good in the world marketplace as a young talent to come across as someone who's not interested in playing and wants to be shipped. That doesn't bode well for him financially for his future if he was to go down that road, and there is no indication whatsoever that he is. Is he disappointed that he didn't get to go to Atletico Madrid or go to Europe? Absolutely. I would be too. 
But Atlanta United is focused on making sure that Tiago is happy long-term. Next window, summer window, we'll see what happens. Carmen, any, anything you want to uh, ask? I just, think, I just think, I mean, uh, he, he must be 22 now. I, 20, I think he's 22, 23, yeah. 22, I think the selling point, I think this isn't just an Almeida uh, situation, it's an Atlanta situation where they, they can get the maximize, maximize his, his value to the, to the organization by by doing something sooner than later. For me, that's, that's, I think that's a, a, also a, a uh, important facet to improving Atlanta and finding, and, and, and improving the finance, not the financial situation, not that that's an issue, but doing the best business for Atlanta United. All right, so let, let's talk about, uh, since this is season preview, a couple teams here, we'll, we'll talk on the Canadian teams also, but let's see. Seattle, who plays LAFC on Saturday at 4.30. Touch on, uh, John, you'll start it off. Touch on Seattle and NYC for uh, the season. They'll take the over first and foremost. Uh, second, Seattle to me is my favorite in the West. Tell you why. I don't think St. Louis will replicate what we saw last year. It was a first-year team that was constructed under the new rules of expansion and gathering talent. No real surprise that they were able to do what they did with this Red Bullsian system that Bradley Cornell brought in. First time you're looking at somebody, it's like a pitcher in the you know pitcher that you call up from the minors for the first start. First time through the through the rotation, you don't have a book on him. He'll go five. He might give up an earned run. Second time through the batting order, that's when you've got to pull him out so you know you don't get crushed. They made the playoffs, uh, all caps did. They got found out in a three-game series. You can schedule against them and compete against them and strategize in a three-game series against all caps. They got found out. What do they do for an encore? I don't think they get to 59 points. I think it's going to be tough for them to do that. Roman Berkey and Ned is going to have to be relied on a lot, much as what uh, Coach said about uh, Messi and friends and Drake Calendar. It's going to be a big year for Calendar in Miami. It's going to be a big year for Berkey and St. Louis. Uh, Seattle. They're stacked, and it's going to be really interesting to see with the the mantle of the favorite in the West how they respond to that. I think they'll be fine. The, uh, the larger issue for me is with LAFC because LAFC, I think, only has 18 players on their roster. I don't know how – you know, I don't know how they're going to stack the, the roster spots that are available. You bring up folks from uh, the twos and next pro and line things up. LAFC's got problems. Denny Buanga doesn't want to be there. You want to talk to somebody who doesn't want to be at his club? It's Denny Buanga. He doesn't want to be at LAFC. There was a point where he was taking pictures on his social media in Europe, basically doing deuces. You know, he, he wants to play in Europe. LAFC, it would behoove them to move Denny Buanga as soon as they possibly can, hopefully once again in the summer window so they can benefit from it. What does LAFC to do, do to uh, work on their uh, keeper situation? You bring in 722-year-old Hugo Lloris. <laughs> and so you've got Lloris with all of the, the folks in front, and you know you're, you had a couple of folks leaving the offseason. Carlos Vela is not the same Carlos Vela. He can give you spot starts. He can give you 30 minutes, you know, 30 to 35 minutes uh, on a regular basis. He's not the same. They had to, John Thorrington had to make that decision about Carlos Vela. And it's like, what do you do? What do you do offensively to help out Denny Buanga? And can Hugo Lloris be there for you in his late 30s? We all know that keepers age differently. But how does Hugo Lloris respond to being the man between the sticks for LAFC? I got more questions than I do for LAFC. Uh, than I do for Seattle, period. All right, uh, Carm, both teams, uh, 
quickly. What what do you think? No, I, I like I like Seattle's moves. Um, I like the the, the, the the pragmatism. They lose Oladero to to Orlando, which I think is going to be a great fit in in spots for Orlando. Um, but they replaced him with a young, exciting Argentinian who's going to make an impact in this league right away. I think it's just pragmatic. I think they look at the situations and they 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 really it's 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 built on a a. Um, like Ladera at his best when he was with Seattle, he was incredibly efficient, and they worked. They kind of built around him. But I, I, I like Seattle uh, a lot. I like their 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 weapons. I like their their we'll call it not we'll call it experience, but although being a little bit aged in experience, uh, I think that they, they still have that balance. And I think that they're probably the favorites in the West because the West is not that strong. And yeah, LAFC, the Kripal situation to me was was counterintuitive, the Lloris versus Kripal. If it wasn't for Kripal, LAFC wouldn't have got where they got in the playoffs. Kripal is still a, a young up-and-coming keeper with lots of upside, with a great mentality and great attitude, with no, with no uh, kind of um, maintenance issue. And uh, this, this Hugo Lloris is going to be that maintenance issue, and maybe they were... They were comfortable with put, playing their, their second as much as he did play last year and did a, an honorable job. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, like John said, uh, Carlos Vela is going to be in and out, kind of, uh, uh, you know, maybe playing, maybe playing home games only because it's not easy travel going uh, for, for, for Vela at this time. And then and Luanga, Luanga has, to, has to be his, himself before he does get that, that summer transfer to Europe. A uh, lot of question marks, I, I think, in the West in general. Um, I agree with John. I can't believe I said that, I think, four times in the same show <laughs> with St. Louis. But I think, again, um, I, I, I do like the evolution of Kansas City. And I do like uh, them and, and, and uh, one particular Canadian player who's doing very well. And they're graduating players into their system of Stephen Afrifa, who I think will be a, a, a massive influence in that. And right now, I think on day one, he looks like he's going to be a starter in the wide area. Um, so, I, and I don't think it was by accident that Kansas City was was uh, you know talked about. Um, but it's going to be you know it's going to be Kansas City finding that consistency, not having to work so hard to be in the playoffs in the latter parts of the season. They they can't you know. They can't turn it on and off as much. They have to have consistency in their play I, I, and, and consistency in their uh, maneuvering of the young players, such as Stephen Afrifa, into the, that system. I think they're going to be a, a team to re-reckon with for sure. Um, uh, and and um, I'm just hoping the LA Galaxy find their way sooner or later because right now it's, it's it, it, it looks like it looks like uh, Greg needs to do some special things quickly. Um, so, uh, and and I think that that that, that I, I hate to say it, they're following under the same kind of minds as as Montreal on East. Um, but uh, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see in the, in the West how how uh, people match up. And then there's Vancouver, who, who I, I think. Um, the changes they made, and I think they have a top five player 
uh, in the MLS in, in gold. I think he's a fantastic player. I think that, that Vanny Sartini has that team uh, playing to their strengths. Um, and it'll be, it'll be, uh, I think I'll be excited to see them in the playoffs again. All right. Um, so you, you mentioned now I want uh, Vancouver. Now I want to go to the other Canadian team. We touched TFC, we touched Vancouver, Montreal. What do you expect from Montreal? And then I'll go back to John to, to conclude the segment. So I don't ahead. know if you watched them play any in, in their preseason at all. Uh, you know, their, their biggest move was bringing in Joseph Martinez, who probably won't play. For the first at least month of the season, and when he does, is 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 his his fitness going to let him down? Probably yes. But I don't. This the new coach Laurent that they brought in from Columbus. Ironically enough, Lance Eagle coming from Montreal. Yeah, is very ambitious in his style of play, um, and I'm not so sure he has the tools to play out of the back the way he does. He kind of plays in a system where. Uh, and a little bit I've watched them is where Siriu, their goalkeeper, kind of plays as a center back uh, coming out of the back. And he's kind of their second center back playing 35 yards up the field as well. They've given up a lot of goals in their pressing. Wanyamas, you know, a feature now and coming out of the back and he's not the same he used to be. Um, and uh, they, they've got a lot of, a lot of, uh, right now, if, if the preseason is any, any indication of what they're going to be moving forward, it's going to be scary for them. They're going to give up a ton of goals, a ton of goals. Okay, John, I'll start off with you. As you know, uh, during every show, every forget about soccer, every show, start of the year, I ask you this, look at his face already. I don't even need, I can watch here and I don't even need to see his face. Give me your MLS Cup prediction. No. No. All right, so no is going to be the MLS Cup champion. You hear that? Better with your juice boxes. Better with everything. Honestly, John. I mean, I, I've got look. Seattle's my favorite out of the West. The East to me is too tight to call. I mean, I could see, I could make a case six deep in the Eastern Conference, and I'm not going to make that case yet. I'll give you Seattle. I'll get you halfway there. I'll give you Seattle out of the West, and uh, with the the Dela, you know, as Coach mentioned, the the Dela Vega pickup. Very good piece of business for them. And so I think that it's Seattle and then everybody chasing Seattle. But in the East, it's too close to call. There's too many variables here. Uh, you know, how does how, how does Messi and friends respond with all of those those aching knees? Does Cincinnati, without uh, Barrial and Brandon Vasquez, how do they respond to a, se to a season where they were six points clear in 120-34? Orlando. You mentioned uh, Nico Ladero and how he's going to integrate with the purple team. Does uh, Oscar Pereja do what he did last year and continue to press and push and push? Or does he revert to old form when you're safely in the playoffs and you kind of coast into the playoffs and it costs you when you get into season number three? Columbus, what do you do for an encore? And, and you've got uh, most of the same folks returning. Wilford Nancy, fantastic coach. Philly, once again, we know what Philly does. Philly likes to muck it up, fall down, and try to, to goad you into doing things that uh, you don't normally like to do, but that has been successful for Jim Curtin. They play a certain way. It annoys the hell out of me, but it's been successful for them. And, and honestly, you know, you, and unless somebody stops you from doing something, you're going to keep doing it. And this is the third season in a row that they're going to, quote-unquote, run it back, according to Jim Curtin. All those players are also another year older, and you're also having to deal with CONCACAF 
uh, Champions Cup as a part of your schedule. How does that affect you? It affected uh, Glesnes and Andre Blake uh, when they were down at the, the Monsters Cave in Saprissa uh, with one of the worldly OGs that you'll ever see. New England, they're not going to be the same. So I don't have them as a part of the process. Atlanta did some great things in the offseason to work on their depth. They're pretty stacked. Nashville, is Sam Surridge going to come clean and be that second option, or is it still going to be Hani Mukhtar and Mukhtar alone? If it's Mukhtar alone, Nashville's got problems, and they might drop into the play-in play round, and that's dangerous for Gary Smith. Red Bulls are Red Bulls. They're going to annoy you to death. Charlotte, I'm not so sure. They should make the playoffs. Dean Smith being a coach and getting rid of uh, Yuzviak and uh, uh, another one of their starters uh, to, to uh, Europe has really helped things out so Dean can put the stamp on his team. How do they respond at being a 500 team uh, last season? Uh, Montreal, I think that uh, as much as I like Laurent Courtois as a coach, uh, it's going to be a long season for them. You were talking about Montreal. NYC, big question mark for me with NYC. Uh, D.C., another large question mark for me. We all uh, stare at Chicago. Chicago set money on fire like they were outside a Canadian tire branch and just sitting there looking at tire bucks and going, yeah, we'll go ahead and set all this stuff on fire. I swear to God, they've got more allocation money than they know what to do with, and they spent $11 gazillion in the offseason on players. Messi and friends, we know about Messi and friends. They're going to be in the playoffs. I don't know where. Should be above the playoff round. And then Toronto, for me, only won four out of 34 last year. So it's going to be a tall order for John Herdman. I don't have a large expectation for Toronto, but I've got too many. I've got at least half a dozen teams I can make a case for in the Eastern Conference. All right. So I know Carmen wants to know this. I got the script here. All right. I got the script here. All right, Key and Peel. All right. You know, NFL is scripted. John, uh, Carmen knows this. All right. Yeah. I, I called him. I gave him that the farm on Kansas City and bet that they're going to throw 54 seconds in, in the Super Bowl. That's one equivalent to $1.1 million commercial for Taylor Swift. Mm. Here's the script. Seattle and Inter-Miami with Inter-Miami scoring. Messi scoring the goal. And everybody's happy in MLS except Carmen Exavco, who never gets a call from the MLS. Carm, go ahead. Give me your MLS Cup pitch. And honestly, is I, it I, 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 again? I'll say it again. I agree with John, but uh, about the East. what? There's six. I know something's wrong with me. I have to remember. <laughs> six teams deep, probably, but for some reason, even though he's never gotten Oscar Pereira I think this is the year where he gets Orlando to that final for sure okay. I like it and one team that we haven't talked about at all that uh has modestly improved um and made some modest is, is Dallas we haven't talked about Dallas at all and I think that uh you know the Ferrer and company are are a are, are, are a, a playoff team that has impactful players um, I think that the, 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 the community, the Dallas community, which pretty much owns the team, has invested a little more uh, in, in, that, in that club. I think that they're going to make a splash if anyone's going to challenge Seattle in the West. For me, that, I, like, I like Dallas. I like, I like the growth. I like that, 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 that kind of um, uh, symbiosis of talent and, and, and work ethic. And, and uh, I think that they'll they'll be kind of uh all the young players are coming to an to an epitome of 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 of, of uh i'm i'm just loading on these stupid words but i think <laughs> dallas and orlando are going to be in the final all right so hold on here 
is it Messi player of the year or who else but Messi John I'll start off with you as we conclude it who else but Messi is the player of the year in MLS for 2024 mm, wow uh hmm, okay uh <laughs> well but I mean you've got so many different things that have to fall your way I mean early you could sit there and say somebody like Lucho Acosta for Cincinnati if we anticipate what we're anticipating for uh, FC Cincinnati in uh, 24. Oh, so let's see. Let's go. Let's go say Lucho Acosta in the East and Seattle, probably De La Vega would be your rookie of the year. Uh, mm, uh, well, but I mean, look, we always talk about all these storylines, but these teams, um, I mean, all of these teams have all of these different stories. Orlando, once again, with uh, the firepower that is it Facundo Farias, you know, somebody for, uh, you know, for or, or Luis Morial. I mean, yeah, it could be Bar- well, Barial right now uh, is part of the discussion with Cincinnati, and he's not happy. So, does he get shipped, or does he have to stay? I mean, he wants to go back because when he was being shipped to uh, Europe, he's like, everything's cool, everything's great. Then the deal in Europe goes falls through. Barial in Cincinnati is like, no, nope, I'm not coming back to play there. So is he forced to come back and play because windows close, or do they come up with a deal to South America? Uh, you know, like I said, Orlando with their firepower could be a bunch of different folks. Columbus, once again, is it somebody like Cucho Hernandez, who had a fantastic year last year? So you've got that. Is it Tiago Almada with the half season that hopefully – you know, he has uh, in Atlanta before he moves on to Europe. There's a lot of Eastern stories that can lend. And that's why, you know, we said how stacked the East is. That's why we're mentioning all these different folks in the East. I mean, Carr mentions Dallas, but, you know, you, you look at what Alan Velasco means to Dallas. Is he a part of the storyline? If coaches Dallas variant occurs, that to me means that somebody like an Alan Velasco is going to have to have a season like an MVP and attach himself to that kind of a discussion. St. Louis is more groupthink. Uh, Seattle, you know, it would have to be De La Vega probably for Rookie of the Year. LAFC would have to be Denny Buanga would be my guess. Uh, RSL, it would have to be, you know, Chicho Arango, or it would have to be a Diego Luna. Uh, we know about Gold and White in Vancouver. And then you're kind of getting down, you know, Kansas City needs a DP, and then it's not going to happen until they turn into zombie sounders in, in uh, the, the summer window. So, I mean, you probably have what? We've already talked about half a dozen folks that could be that storyline in addition to Messi and Messi and friends. All right. So uh, we'll conclude this uh, final question. We'll, we'll go to Carm. Got to talk about – I'm Canadian, eh, John? So I got to talk about – and we got the assistant coach here, uh, Team Canada. How mm. does Team Canada look like? And, and Carm, uh, you, you know, you're, you got hands-on with, with the players, your assistant coach and all that. Take us through uh, how Team Canada looks as everybody switches their eyes on the world of football or soccer and MLS, but we can't forget the World Cup coming to Canada, America, and Mexico in about uh, two years. Yeah, I mean, I think transitionary is the word. I mean, obviously obviously some worry with Alfonso Davies having an issue with his knee and and, uh, Alistair Johnson uh, having that issue with his jaw and concussionist symptoms. So those are those are definite worries for us going into the next window in March, um, but there's there's transition. There's players that are, are opening up eyes. Uh, there's players all over the world, Canadian young players that are playing. 
you know, Corbino, Corbinu going into the La Liga, players of that ilk. Um, you know, Ugbo doing what he's doing in the championship. Laren uh, and obviously Jonathan David are, are big parts of it uh, as well. Um, Ustakio and Young Kone are, are big time players. So there's, there's lots of positives moving forward. And obviously we have our MLS contingency, you know, um, and how this group that's getting a little older, whether it's Mark Anthony or Osario or, or, or Pietz, um, all these players are, 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 are getting moving on, but you have a lot of young players coming into the system uh, and, and kind of showing themselves. Um, so it's, it's going to be transition, and obviously in our goalkeeper situation, how, how does someone, uh, you know, how do you move on from, from someone like Boyan, or do you move on from someone like Boyan who's been an incredible soldier for Canada for so many years, so many years and done so many great things. So, you know, but we have Kripo and we have Dane St. Clair and Sirua and, and, and players of that ilk that have been, you know, staking a claim, not only in, in, a, in as, a, as part of the group, but as a starting part of the group. So there's, uh, you know, and then there's the consistent players that need to get great, like a Kamal Miller. Um, you know, he needs to develop leadership. And then you've got players that are, are, are stuck in situations who are mainstays for the national team, like Luria. Um, Adekubi's injuries is, is a little bit troublesome as well. So Canada and transition, Canada and healing is going to be very important uh, for that in this next window against Trinidad. In Texas, uh, you know, qualifying, and we didn't even mention the, the, the Copa Sud slash North Americana that's coming up in June, July for those MLS players. And Messi, of course, might be, probably will be included. So uh, all kinds of stuff happening um, but the thing is, is, is uh, we're a lot of work on the young players, a lot of work on, on the, the idea of transition because some of these 30-year-olds are going to be a little bit older and some of these 29-year-olds are going to be well in their 30s come the World Cup. So um, we've got to find those Canadians that are, are playing in, in, in Europe and playing important minutes and playing important minutes in the MLS. Like hopefully uh, Liam Frazier has the impact that he had in Dallas um, in that playoff run as well. So there's lots of players that are, are, are uh, that Canada and I, we're growing and we're, we're getting better and, you know, and, uh, and, and it's just getting these players to play in the top levels and getting these players to consistently be training and playing with top level players. All right. So uh, we have one question here and this is, I'm going to go to Carm from Nelson Freeman. Is there any truth to the rumor that you're going to honor the president of the provinces of Canada prior to one of Team Canada's games? Carm, go ahead. The president of the provinces of Canada. Yes. I'm assuming that's you, Joe. No, don't assume. And, and I, honor, I honor you every day, my friend. I honor you every day, my friend. All right. So uh, we go to Nino Diversa. John, you hear that? All right. Nino, Nino Diversa. And, and, and just to be fair... John, anything happening in the U.S. men's national team that you want to discuss as we close it out? Oh, I mean, everybody's still divided on Greg Berhalter and his second term, and nothing is ever good enough. And so there's always going to be consistent hand-wringing and, and banging of heads against walls and things like that. Probably the biggest news is that uh, no one should ever hire Jurgen Klinsmann to be a manager of the national team ever again. All right. And you know what? I'm going to come off with a creative bet here because Canada 
assistant coach here, Carmen Asako, Hall of Famer in America. We're going to come off in 2026. Which team will do better in the World Cup? Carmen, would you take that bet? Yeah, I'll take that bet. Sure. All right. John, would you take that bet? Yeah, I'll take the bet. All right, so there you go. Well, throughout the year, we got two years to plan something very spectacular. But, John, as we close this out, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Easiest way is down there at the bottom of uh, my little screen right there on the Twitters, at OST Nelson. It's the easiest way right there. And also on the Insta, the Gram, or the, the IG, as the kids call it, cute sports guy. When the boss says that's what you are, that's what your handle is. On the, the uh, face space, it is John Freeman Nelson because there's 2024 John Nelsons, and I added the Freeman in the middle just to be different. There's book number six right there. Noble Strong Lessons in Destiny. You can pick it up on Amazon. You can either do a John Nelson or a Noble Strong or a Noble Strong or a John Nelson search, and you can pick up the book. Great story about a great family in a small town as uh, multiple members of a family were chasing after uh, various football championships in one season while the father was fighting a battle that no one should ever fight. So. Great story that needed to be preserved. You can pick it up on Amazon. Easiest way is to do it right there. And by the way, if you want to listen and watch John Nelson on soccer down here, Monday through Friday at 9.05 a.m. to 11, blah, blah, on Twitch. Mm -hmm. All right, check it out. Soccer down here. I know Carmen watches it all the time, takes tips and everything like that. Monday through Friday, 9.05 to 11 on Twitch. Carm, the last word to you. Anything else you want to say as uh, we preview here, MLS? Oh, looking forward to a great season. Big games tonight, too, and not only into Miami, but the CONCACAF Champions League, Orlando, Calgary. Uh, I believe New England is in, in Panama playing independent. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so exciting times. You know, we're looking at snow right here outside our door but we're looking at exciting times coming up uh and, and uh looking forward to a great mls season don't worry karma but in the next two days it's 10 11 degrees like 50 degrees come on you're used to playing you're you're canadian eh you're used to playing minus 20 10 degrees in february is pretty good by the way karm john nelson gave me a 50 birthday present I'm still in, still waiting for your present, Carm. You're the man. You have a lot of zeros plus numbers ahead of it in your bank account. Where's my present? My presence is your present. No, no, no. Don't use my line. I'm the president. Don't use my line. All right. Have a great MLS. Hopefully it's great season. John, who are you picking? Anybody in the East, right? Yeah, there's like six teams in the East going up against Seattle. And, uh, and Carm, who did you pick again? I said Orlando, and I like like Dallas to give Seattle a run for their money. All right, Carm is going to be wrong like usual. John's fifty percent like he does in the saw in the lacrosse. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the MLS season. Thanks, anytime, guys. Anytime, my friend.